All right. So welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you coming. Please like, subscribe, comment. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about money, money. is money the sole source of your problems? <laughs> is money the, the real reason that you're having so, so many problems? Let's talk about that. I do appreciate Thanks you coming. coming. <laughs> <laughs> is this months? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I appreciate yep. you coming. I was really feeling insecure there for a second. <laughs> not, not intended. Where's that from? For this. Podcast. Nowhere. Just made it up. Uh, just just <laughs> from you. <laughs> okay. Felt it was fitting with the podcast topic. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So, what do we what do we think? So, the reason we're doing this particular podcast mm-hmm. is because. Sabs did a clip on, or he's talked about how people are breeding less, or they're not, Breed. they're not having sex they're not as even much. Sex as much. They're not ha- having as as much sex. And then a lot of people in the comments said, "It's because we don't have money. We can't afford it. We don't want to have babies." Um, and a lot of people did duets and stitches of them expressing the idea that it's the government's fault oh, and yeah. it's the big business fault <laughs> yep. that we can't, that they can't have babies and they're not procreating the way they normally did in the past. And so this was a comments. This is a common sentiment is we're broke. This is why we're not having sex. We're broke. Who wants to have a baby? Who wants to bring a baby into this world when we're broke? Well, that wasn't even what the topic was about. It wasn't about having babies, which I realized like, obviously you have to yeah. have sex to mm-hmm. get that to babies. even happen. Allegedly. But, I mean, how many people have sex and like the last thing on their mind is having babies right. too. So it's like, mm, you're, you're kind of missing the point of and, what and, we were trying to express there, but it is. When I brought it up, I did, there was environmental factors, there is mm-hmm. economic factors, um, behavioral factors, just the, where we are as a society. So I think economics becomes part of that, but our, I think our talking point today is, is money really the reason why people aren't fucking? Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? How's no. that sit? Um, I can understand that it could bring stress, and obviously stress can make you not feel the way or be turned on the way that you usually do. I get that. Um, <clears throat> but then it's also understanding how to get over that stress and understand how to work your money and make more money. I think, I don't know. I don't know. There's some people that relieve stress by fucking. fucking. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to, to relieve the stress. Maybe you don't have money because you're not having sex. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh. So, so, so in teaching sex people. Sex equals money. Just kidding. In, oh, God. In, in teaching. <laughs> we are not. Rewind. Uh, and rewind. <laughs> prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talking about relationships, okay? But, but when we when we think about, we're gonna get that in the comments. <laughs> Are you encouraging Are you prostitution? prostitution? No. How dare you? No, sir. We were not. <laughs> and that person will get six thousand likes on their comment. Good. But just thinking about this, teaching people to think critically about their world, uh, critical thinking seems to be a lost art something that we're not spending a lot of time teaching people to do. And we certainly, and not that social media is the greatest litmus test of ability to, to think critically, but if social media has anything to say with it, thinking critically is something that seems lost. So two things to do when you hear comments like, or you want to make the excuse, it's because we don't have any money. Well, question anything that doesn't make sense, question anything that seems obvious. So depending on who you are in that, that may seem like an obvious comment. Obviously, that's why. Okay, well. Humanity has been poor 
extremely poor for as long as it's been around, yet people continued to fuck. So that's a hard one for me. And then mm -hmm. if you look demographically, fortunately or unfortunately, the people who are having sex, who are having babies, are the ones that maybe objectively we would say shouldn't be, meaning they tend to be very poor. Mm -hmm. So that isn't stopping people from, uh, and hasn't historically stopped people from having sex and, and having babies. So I have a hard time believing that money is suddenly the reason why our behavior has changed. It could be a factor, and certainly that's a rallying cry and a story around a whole generation, but that isn't a new concept, right? Like most of the third world countries that are billion, uh, billion plus populations are extremely poor relative to the US population, mm -hmm. yet they're reproducing at a much faster clip. So I'd love to understand, for anybody who thinks that, I'd love to hear your, your counter to that. I also believe if you really want to get something, you really want something, you're going to make it happen. You right. want kids, save up your money for how, I mean, kids are expensive. Let's, you know, that's for sure the truth. Yes, mm -hmm. I get that. But if you really want children, don't get that expensive car, don't... Wait, I don't know. There's so many things that I think people are like, well, I don't have money because I have all these other things that I've decided to spend my money on. So if you really want kids, that's not an excuse. That's it's, it. It's not even just about having kids, though. Like you're just discussing, they're just not interested in yeah. doing the deed. Yep. Yeah, and it's more when we create excuses or behavior that makes it easy for everyone to just go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's scary to me because then we stop taking a deeper dive to figure out, well, what's really going on here? Mm -hmm. And that one just doesn't make sense from a math yes. standpoint. And you're right about prioritization. I remember when I first moved to Orange County, which is you know where we're out of, uh, I laughed because I, I moved into, I had a, an older Ford Probe, um, and I moved into an apartment, and my next-door neighbor had a $90,000 Mercedes. And I was like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Why do you have a, you're renting an apartment as me, but you have a car that's worth probably you know, mm -hmm. 500 times more than mine. Well, how did that happen? Well, that doesn't, that like, that's just, that's weird to me. The financial decision, that go, and I recognize not everybody has $90,000 vehicles that's saying that, but financial priorities in the United States, we may want to look at as well. So for the listeners, I will give you this. Whatever your reason is for not being able to do whatever you want to do, it's valid. Yes. Okay. Whatever your reason is, I don't care what it is. It's valid. To you, anyway. Your to you. To you. Okay. <laughs> so so I, I will give you it. If you say, hey, you know, I, we, we live in a hard time currently. Valid. If you say, oh, I, I'm the wrong sex. Valid. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, if you say, I, I have the wrong skin color. Totally valid. Okay. But what causes a successful person versus a non-successful person? And the successful person will say, of course, all valid. In spite of that, I'm going to make it happen. Yep. And that's what you need to, to do with, with your mentality is in spite of whatever your challenges are, make it happen, yep. right? A lot of people have different excuses and the successful person is the one that makes, makes everything work regardless of the circumstances and the unsuccessful person is the one that keeps pointing the finger. And the, saying, this, the old saying goes, if you're pointing one finger at something, three you're, you're pointing, pointing three back. back at yourself. That fucking thumb. So turn that, <laughs> turn that index finger, point it back at yourself, and you're going to start improving and getting better. Why is this such a hard thing right now? This, this, it appears, and I could be wrong, maybe I'm just, but, but it, yeah. it seems like this idea of personal responsibility is like kryptonite to this generation. If any point you suggest, hey, your result is on you, it's like, you know, it, you're creating a war. 
Nobody wants to hear that. Why is People that? People want instant gratification. It feels better to blame something else other than themselves immediately. It feels better to go, that person or this circumstance has caused mm -hmm. this, as opposed to, I need to change, which hurts immediately. And then over the long term, it feels better, but it so doesn't feel good in initially. Where, where would you learn to think and behave like that? Participation trophies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But not even that. Last year, how easy was it to sit at home, not work, and get a paycheck? Participation right. trophy. Yeah. <laughs> how easy was you that? And people anything, are still doing still it. Give yeah. you something for it. And I've I've literally had conversations with people that they're like, but it was it's so hard to get a job. No, it's not. It's probably the standard of the job that you want. But if you really want money, there's probably a higher sign on. Most small businesses. Most small businesses around your town. Yeah. Walk around and you will see it. My, my thing, my gripe is when people say they want their dream job, but they're not willing to do things that would mm -hmm. put them in a position to get their dream job. Mm -hmm. Like um, when people gripe when I say, hey, work for free for two weeks or something like that. When people gripe about that, that's fine. You don't have to do that. Don't, don't get me wrong. But then you're going to accept whatever you get. So you're going to get who, like you're going to apply to 100 positions. You're going to get maybe three offers. And then you're just going to accept whatever offer you get. And then you're not going to be happy in your job, whatever the case may be. But if you want a dream job with, a, with your dream person, okay, dream job, dream person, then you've got to do things other people won't do. Mm -hmm. You have to stand out in some way. You have to and, – and entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs, they love – music to their ears is them hearing, I'm going to get you a result first. Mm -hmm. And then you can pay me whatever you – we can discuss what you want to pay me. But let me get you a result. That's like music to an entrepreneur's ears because all day long they're hearing, pay me first, do this, do like, give me this. I want to take value from you con consistently. Like if once the, the more successful you become, the more emails you get with that, the more random text messages you get with that, the more referrals you get, even like warm referrals you get. And so everybody's vying for your attention and you're not going to pay attention to just any person. And if you have nothing other, if you don't have a social media presence, if you have nothing that would make you stand out, then you have to do something to make you stand out. I don't even think we're at a point, though, where there's really ambitious people who aren't able to find opportunity. If you can't find opportunity to build wealth in this day and age in America, this is on you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's never been an easier time to build wealth. Mm -hmm. Now, th that might be contentious to some people just based on their worldview and their justification for sitting home on their couch, but there's, you know, we're creating millionaires at a faster clip right now than any time in history. Um, so that's, I don't have a hard time believing this is about ambitious people not being able to get what they want. To me, something else is at play here. Yeah. There's, there's a, a lack of, of drive or there's a story that's keeping people from, from going all in. And not all people. Lots of people are, are not listening to any of the shit that's going on in the world mm -hmm. and just going out making it happen. Um, but I, I want to I want to pose a question. This might be a good a good podcast topic at some point. But do we believe the world is getting worse or better, and why? And I'll put some pieces on this because it would be easy to 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 kind of contextually out context this and create answers you want. But globally, if we looked at the world's population, human population, is it better off for most humans today than it was a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago? Yes or no, and why? Course. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. if you but if you listen to our our beautiful our Gen Z coming up, millennial coming up, the that, world is on fire. I'd love to. We should do a poll because <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to assume mm. this, but just based on 
That'd the, be a good the comments and, and, comments and how loud people are on social media. I would venture to guess that millennials down believe the world is worse, which would help justify an enormous amount of behavior. Mm-hmm. Giving up, depression, anxiety. The pandemic. Um, like, but they're justifying behavior. So generally, you'll create worldviews that justify your behavior. Mm-hmm. So if my behavior is I'm lazy, I don't want to work, I have mental health issues, I don't want to have kids, I don't want to do anything, the world's on fire, according to Jen. Shaq. Um, then we're looking at the comments by the in way. order for for that to kind of sit and make sense i have to create a worldview that justifies that position right so my worldview then is going to be the world is getting worse it's on fire you know we're all going to wipe out in a generation or two and it's like if you study history right, 13 seconds from nuclear war in the 1960s president gets assassinated mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy like just think about that living through that time period where like Nuclear war could happen at any point in time, and our president gets assassinated. Like, I, like I just picture myself in that situation. That wasn't that long ago, so I have a hard time understanding. Depending on what you're keying in on, um, what you see is so much worse. Right? Climate change is a very real thing. We got to address that. There's no doubt about that. There, and 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 here's the mistake people make, and I'll stop. But saying saying it's better now than it was a hundred years ago isn't saying there isn't issues. There isn't problems. Right? Saying that capitalism is the best system that we currently still have isn't saying capitalism's perfect or we don't have issues. Yes. And that's the problem. We're, like, we're so dichotomous. It's either one way or the other. There's, the reasoning is getting missed. It's like, yeah, there's issues. Let's address them. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because you don't like it. Wait, can we play devil's advocate? Totally. Go Let's ahead. Go. What would be <laughs> the other side to that? Which piece? Um, of that the world is better as we think so the world is getting worse so the devil's advocate side of that the first thing would probably be i'm going to lead off with climate change being uh, a very scary thing that we haven't even begun to understand the catastrophic uh mm-hmm. potential of that um the ice caps are melting sea levels rising more and more usable land is being degraded to a point where we're not going to be able to farm have good farmland most farmland has um, has been nutritionally depleted because it isn't getting uh, refilled. So our food isn't good quality food anymore. Uh, we're wiping out species after species across the earth that are never going to come back. Uh, population control still isn't in check. And so we're consuming more food and, and, and literally drawing on non-renewable resources in a way that we're not going to be able to get back. Um, here in the United States, a dollar doesn't go the same. Uh, 30 years ago, uh, a 20-year-old kid got paid the same amount as a 20-year-old kid gets paid today, but we're 500 times more expensive. Um, big companies are ruling the world. It's all about money. I could keep going. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Screens are ruining Tell us everybody. How you really feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty easy for me. In order for me to take a position, I have to understand the other side, and I just went high level on that. I could, mm-hmm. you know, I could back it up with some stats too, but. Um, you know, you get to that choose. would be a more sound argument than what's being expressed, though. Yes. Yes, because yeah. what, what people are saying is we're more racist now than we were before. Mm-hmm. Where which is horseshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're they're saying they're saying uh, we're more poor now than we were ever before. They're saying In it's your... it's more difficult. There's more challenges than there ever has been. And what's scary about that is. The more we understand about our perception, I was an economics major originally, and then as I studied economics and capitalism specifically, 
it became clear to me that capitalism is driven by perception. Perception is all about psychology. Mm -hmm. And we know in psychology, from a human perspective, we create the world we see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if your story is things are worse, you're going to be looking for things that justify that story. If your story is we're more racist, you're going to be looking mm -hmm. for things that justify that. When you actually look at real numbers, real fucking numbers, they're not anywhere close. Those numbers are not justified. Again, that isn't saying there aren't real problems and that these things don't exist, but by the numbers, it isn't getting worse. If anything, it's getting uh, much, much better. The one thing I will say, though, is social media has given us the ability to see more, and because we see more, we right. think there is more. Right Before, if something happened in even the next town over, you probably would never hear about it. Now something happens on the other side of the world, and everybody hears about it and draws this conclusion that, oh my God, things are getting worse. Well, no, fuckstick. This stuff's been going on for a very long time. We're just far more aware of it now, which isn't to say that it's getting worse or it's happening more frequently. But that takes critical thinking. Critical thinking is something that seems fairly What gets lost. most attention is, is the negative aspects of what, ha what, what happens in society. That's what the news is all about. Right. right. I, I, when, I, when I was 16, I went to Egypt. And um, one of my cousins said, "Hey, do you guys know the? Uh, do you know the people from the OC, like the pe the show, mm -hmm. the OC?" Jesus. Yeah, that's all he. You were in, e you were in Egypt, and that's yes. what they wanted to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, I literally had the exact same experience in Argentina, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, yeah. are you around celebrities all the time? And <laughs> yeah. do you see? Are you by the? Are you a block from the beach, just like the show OC?" And yeah. I'm like, "No." Yes, all in, of America is right on the beach. In, in the same way, in the same way, people only see certain aspects of society mm -hmm. in other societies, and it's like the the reticular activation system, right? They they have this belief, and they only see things that relate to that belief or that correspond with it, and it's not. I think you have to open your mind, and you have to be willing to accept accountability and change. Yep. If you can do those two things, then you're going to be far better off. If you're not, if you're not, you're you're going to be in the same situation, and you see this co consistently. Like one person is a certain way ten years ago, and they're the same person today, right. and they, they they were blaming things back then, and now they're blaming things even more now. And in order for you to change, you have to make a change within yourself. You have to be accountable. As the old saying goes, if the forty-year-old version of myself sees the world the same way as the, my twenty-year-old version, I've wasted twenty years of my life. Mm -hmm. If you're continuing to grow and, and become wiser, you start, to, you know, you, your worldview begins to evolve. Absolutely. One thing and that I was thinking earlier, too, is on the topic of money, like I've had people more recently over the last couple of months be like, oh, like, you're so lucky, like, blah, 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 talking about finances. And it's like, no, I've, I worked really hard for this. I've been in our business for eight years. Mm -hmm. I have clients. Like, mm -hmm. I typically work 80 hours a week. And then when someone sees that, they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh I don't want to work 80 hours a week. So it, I think our society, especially in the USA, like, we're so used to instant gratification, instant feedback, being able to get things, like, at our fingertips without really having to put any effort into it. So we kind of expect... Um, that to happen or we're just constantly seeking like what's just in front of us instead of actually realizing like hey if you want to be successful if you want to build wealth like one of the best ways to do that is to work hard now be able to save and like think strategically so you can play more in the future as opposed to if you're playing now mm -hmm. you're going to be continuing to work forever mm -hmm. there's but, not going to be a way out of it I don't want to give up my friends and family no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to work that hard. Life's not all about work. 
Life's not all about play either. Oh, shit. As we leave to have a suit today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've worked really hard to be able to get here. Yeah. But what if, what if people say, but you, Cat, um, you're an attractive white woman, right? Mm. Mm. Why, oh, yeah. why should we think that you didn't have certain privileges that other people didn't have? Ooh. I don't get away with anything. <laughs> I think attractive white woman, I get a ticket every time I get pulled over. Thank you. <laughs> okay, but... I don't know. I they could say that. You got to get rid of the woman part. Just say white person. White person. Woman is a, is a class. Mm. So you got to say white person. Yeah, we are a minority, yeah. mm-hmm. according to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've maybe it is white privilege to say that I haven't... Like, I just don't see it the same way. I don't think that I'm necessarily better or worse off because of my ethnicity. But I've worked really hard to get to where I am and continue to work hard and continue to grow and challenge myself. And I think if I was any other skin color or race or religion, I'd still be me. Do you think if you were another, um, if you had more challenges regarding the color of your skin, things like that, do you think you would still have the same mentality? Or do you think you would, like, would you still be the same person regardless? Yeah. And it's somewhat tough to say. Yeah, yeah. somewhat tough to say. Because yeah. it's hard. Because yeah. from, a, from an empathy standpoint, if, if I was raised in a condition in which I was taught I was less than everyone, that I don't deserve what everyone that is, else That does make it harder. Yeah. I wasn't You're given an opportunity yeah. to get a real education. There's no fucking way I'd see the world different. Right. I think like, you would be different, but you would either be stronger or if you gave in to those excuses and those obviously those things about your life, then you'd be less than. And that's not I, to say I don't think you would the, be the it's same. It's not to say that the every individual person's experience is not valid. No, no, no. Because no. it it is right. it is valid. But the success-minded person is going to say, in spite of that, you need to make it happen. Exactly. In spite of yeah, success doesn't know a religion, a sex, or a color of skin. Since success doesn't give a fuck about any of those things. Well, and when I identify, like, I'm not thinking, like, oh, I'm a white person. I don't, like, even though I am a white woman, I'm not looking at myself and labeling myself as a white woman. And and some would counter that as that's privilege, that you don't even have to think about the fact that that's, that you're white. But I, I don't know that I would think about that. Well, it's hard to know unless you put somebody in somebody else's shoes, right? Like, if you, if you were... A race that was judged by the color of your skin, it would condition you, right? Would you start thinking? You grew up in a bad environment. I am judged based on the color of my skin because I'm white. I'm this. But Mm. and so I would I would say this: if you took your mentality and the person you are, we could drop you into anybody, male, female, any sex, any race, any religion, and you would win. Because you already had the right mentality. But the argument could be made, the reason you have the right mentality is because of privilege. And this is why, for me, at the heart of my work is to teach people how to think, because that is the great equalizer. If you can get people to think right, they'll take care of the rest. And the justification of that would be that mentality doesn't apply to... Like anything other than what you make of it. Everybody has the ability to develop mentality, regardless of where you come from. And everybody has an opportunity to blame something for the reason they aren't where they want to be. It makes me think of, I don't know the guy's name, so I feel bad even bringing it up, but the um, Nazi prisoner of war? Viktor Frankl. Yes. 
Like, how can you be in a worse situation than literally just being like locked up for life? And well, the well, one thing that he had control over was his mind and how he chose to respond to that. Well, a locked up, locked up isn't. That would have been. That wouldn't have been too bad. He <laughs> went in two hundred and twenty yeah. pounds. He went out ninety pounds. Every literally everything he owned was taken from him. His entire family was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it it wasn't that he got locked up. That's it's one of the wow. gnarliest experience a human mm-hmm. being could go through. And he arrived to one conclusion: what I'm in control of is the space between stimulus and response. That's my responsibility. Man, search for meaning for anyone who hasn't read the book. I yeah. highly recommend it. <laughs> Um, and, and there is some, uh, there is something to be said about environment. Like, if you extrapolate the mentality that's created uh, because of environment to an entire population, it there is a, a strong effect based on environment, a very strong effect. Um, but is the solution to give to give somebody that has that effect more stuff, or is it to educate them better? It's education. I think, it I think it's education. Be. Yeah. It has to be because if you give them things, you'll you'll just end up controlling them. Yes. Or they just—it's a reflex. They're going to mm-hmm. get what they want. Or it's they'll like, just continue to expect more. I've had this debate with myself about wh- what I would leave Emma or any of my children. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have two two children. What would I leave Emma if I were to pass away? And now I kind of understand the mentality of I'm not going to leave my children anything, like from very successful people. Because a lot of success, most of most successful people are like, I'm not leaving my children. I think Bill Gates publicly said that they're leaving one percent. Yeah. To the kids, which which is still a lot of money. There, yeah. One percent is like that's not a lot. And then you think about it, you're like, no, no, that's that's still quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. But I heard this from Bishop Bishop T.D. Jakes. I love T.D. Jakes. Yeah. He said, "What you leave your children is not nearly as important as what you leave in them." Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I started rethinking my philosophy about what I leave to my children. Like, I still want to give her a good life. And I think people that want to give their children good lives, they do it for selfish reasons because it would make them feel good. It would make them feel good that, you know, I can support my family and I can give them whatever they want and they can live a, a happy life. And I have people in my circle that their their dad was rich and they have a really happy life and they travel all the time. They go to France whenever they want and they can, you know, mm-hmm. they, they do whatever they, they don't have to work as much. And, it's tempting to to want to give you know your child that it's very tempting, and I think, but but I rather give my my child the right mentality, the right success mindset, the right the the ability and the skills to make it happen regardless of the circumstances, because if shit hits the fan, she's she has nothing. Well, if like, you if you have to give them one or the other, give them mentality. If you can give them both, give them both. But there's an old saying. Um, you'll never see a man who is the son, you'll never see a great man who is the son of a great man. And I don't know if that's entirely true, but the point is well taken, is that very often uh, if things get too easy for someone, they don't develop the skills to be able to to survive and make good decisions and develop the right mentality. Mm-hmm. And which is why, I mean, I just read an article that the biggest problem the wealthy class has right now is feeling like they're leaving too much money to the next generation uh-huh. what to do with it wow and it makes sense because mm-hmm. like it, it, it you know contrary to popular belief 85 percent of millionaires in the united states are first generation if we're, most of the united states is not inherited wealth mm-hmm. which is what makes it one of the most beautiful places to to live which is why immigrants come here more than any other place because you still have a very good shot 
at becoming financially free here. The American dream. I just found the out American dream. the half of the world makes no more than $2 a day. Oh, half bro. of the world, we 3 billion people bro, make no, no more than $2 a real day. Stats, America itself looks like an elite class. So for all the, the people in the United States that are yelling at the top 2%, I'm like, motherfucker, you are part of the top 2%. And the only way, if you don't have any perception, you don't get that, right? right. It's, everything is, is perspective. And unfortunately, when you start to get entitled, you lose sight of that. Most of the world would trade places with the poorest of the poor in the United States. Right. I want to go back to the point of whatever your reason is, it's valid. By the way, they're still fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that three billion people. Yeah. Um, whatever the reason is that you have, again, it's valid. Um, you, you grew up in the wrong environment. You're wrong sex, wrong um, ethnicity, whatever the case may be. But what I I truly believe this, and and I'm, I truly believe what I what I'm about to say is that whatever that valid reason is, it's happening for you, not to you. Word. It's happening for you. It may be valid, uh, but decide to do something hell, about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a hell of a jump, but I love what you said. You want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So when people have it easy, they don't learn. You you don't learn through success. You learn you learn through failure. And so if you have challenges, you know, on your journey to success, that's gonna make you a better person. That's gonna harden your character. It's gonna make you more honest, more integrous. It's not going to like if you have an easy time the whole time, that's why you find like these um, these people that inherited a lot of money. Usually they're the least empathetic people because they see something and they're like, oh, just make it happen. It's not that big of a deal. I had my daddy pay for everything. Really subconsciously, that's what they're saying. Like my daddy paid for everything and they, they're not empathetic. Well, the person that is struggling that they're looking down on is way in a way better position, in my opinion, because now they're learning every aspect of how to become successful as opposed to being handed it. And so, like, if you see somebody that's, like, broke and, like, um, what's his name? Um, pr famous producer um, that does, uh, that he, like, the Medea films. What was his name? Oh, um, Tyler. Tyler, Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Um, he, he was homeless for two years. He was homeless for two years. And guess how many people probably looked down on him? Like, like get, get a job, dude. Like, get a job. Like, think about how many people look down on him. But if he didn't go through that process, imagine if somebody like on day two of him being homeless was like, hey, all good. We're going to give you the best comforts of life. We're going to give you all the food you want. We're going to give you everything you want. Do you think we'd have films as good or as they are right the now? What about The Rock? He had $7 in his pocket. Yeah. The Rock had 7 If If he was handed things. Like imagine all the successful people in the world that had a hard, most people had it really rough. Mm -hmm. Imagine if they didn't have it really rough. What would we have in this world? All the inventions, all the, the, the great films, all the everything usually comes from pain. And if you study successful people, you'll start to notice a trend. They all had a moment when they should have quit, mm -hmm. right? When uh, the world would have told them, quit. It's not worth doing this anymore. And everyone in our generation would have been like, yep, yep, you're good to quit. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. We, we sign off on this. Just apply for unemployment. Yeah, We're good. This, you're going to be follow fine. Follow your passion. Uh, <laughs> follow your passion on your couch. It's going to be good. But yeah, successful people all have that moment when they should have quit and they didn't. Right. And, and that's something that seems to be missing right now. That, But I want to go back to what you're saying, two versus four. The person who believes that life is happening to them is at the effects of life, their circumstance of life. Success in their world is more about luck than anything else, and they're somehow cursed. The universe has cursed them, their family is cursed, whatever the fuck. Something, is, something else is working against them to keep them from being a success. Anything save themselves. If you can just shift from two to four, 
life is happening for me, you start looking at it from the perspective of what can I learn from this? Yes. What is life trying to teach me? How do I respond to this in a way that makes me stronger, faster, better? And that that's ultimately, there's a two more segments to that, but if you can just go from two to four, things really begin to change in your life. And that's a hard one. Uh, the, the victim never works out, right? The guy who sits in victim mentality never works out if he stays there. Uh, and that's what's tough. So that's when I, when I listen to people and they were like, the world's on fire, as this gentleman or, or lady is saying, and we don't have any money. And they want to rattle all the excuses for why they aren't doing anything. I, I, my question is just, how is that mentality and thought process serving you? How is it helping you? Is it getting you anywhere closer to anything you want? Because if it isn't, I suggest you may want to change it. Because nobody's going to come save your ass. The government isn't going to save your ass. Fucking the, the, the population isn't going to save your ass. Social media isn't going to save your ass. I don't know who the fuck you're thinking is going to make things better. But the only one that's going to make things better for you in your life is you. So you got you to take an inventory of, hey, what do I believe? What do I think? And how is this serving me or not? And then start to change it to something that is going to help you. But don't be a fucking victim because it, that isn't going to be the path to, to freedom. Mm -hmm. So when it comes down to from two to four, how do you think or what types of techniques do you do personally, perhaps on a daily basis? Like if you can pinpoint a time when you had a victim mentality, but I obviously mm. think that we do fluctuate between them. Um, how do you shift it? you're just like, oh, I'm not going to be a victim anymore? Or like, Good question. like, is there something that you do to take, like get out of that stage or for state sure. change, right? So and for the listener who has never been able to get out of that rut and is still a victim, what are small incremental steps that they can take? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. There's a couple of things. <clears throat> I have a reminder that goes off on my phone every day, many reminders, but one of them is how am I complicit in creating the reality I say I don't want? Hmm. which is a daily reminder for me to remember I am never at the effects of life. It is my choice, right? So the first thing I would do is anytime I'm, I'm getting a result in my life, an unwanted result or an unintended result that I don't want, I'm asking, how am I complicit? How am I responsible for? How, what did I do? What choices did I make that led to this place? That alone will begin to shift your entire worldview mm -hmm. if you can be honest about it. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are like, nothing. It's, it's, I'm just a victim. Okay, mm -hmm. well, that person is very stuck, and we can talk about how to get that person unstuck. But that's the first question, is how am I complicit? And then just the shift from two to four, I've, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to focus on things I can control. I'm going to focus on things I do have, and I'm going to get into the present moment. Get out of the past, get out of the future, get into the present moment. Mm -hmm. That practice alone will get you out of seeing yourself as a victim. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, and I, I have to caveat this because we get soundbited and people will make comments on things we're saying and, and comment on things we're not saying because they infer it. In no way am I saying that everybody has it the same. Mm -hmm. like we don't come in, we come, humanity comes in as equals, meaning there's an equality to humanity um, in at least theory, but we don't drop into this world all with the same conditions. So you legitimately could have it worse than most people. That doesn't give you a reason to not make the best out of your life. And there are lots of successful people that have started off worse than you, wherever you mm -hmm. are right now. That doesn't mean that there aren't real issues in your life that ever could be health-related or race-related or financially related. We're not saying those things don't exist. They do. How you respond to them, though, ultimately is going to determine the direction you go in your life. And that is your fucking personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm saying 
I don't have money, which is why I can't have kids. Mm-hmm. How would you answer that? To go from the to me to for me. Yeah, so first I would say, well, most of humanity has been fucking without money. Um, do we need a license these days? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if, I, if I'm in the camp of that's the reason why I'm not having kids, I have found that when somebody really wants something, they'll find a way to get it. Mm-hmm. So if that was legitimately the reason why somebody wasn't having sex, then I'm going to discover, I'm going to try to help them unpack, well, is that really what you value? Where are you spending your time? Where are you spending your energy? Is that really what you want? Because especially in the United States, it's never been easier to build real wealth um, if you are wanting to put in the work. So my question then is, well, what do you value more than this? Mm-hmm. If you aren't getting that result in your life, what are you valuing more? And the whole goal is to get from two to four is I want them to see how their decisions has led them to this place. Right? Well, what do you value more? Let's look at your possessions. What do you spend money on? Where do you spend your energy? Well, that's none of your business. Totally. <laughs> none of my business. But you can look at it and figure out, well, what is it that I really value? And that'll tell you kind of where you're at. And typically, if you can get a point of leverage and even go through, um, I don't know if Tony Robbins does this, but you're evaluating your past and how that's brought you to where you are today and the, the pain Dickens that that's process. caused. Yeah. And then you're looking at your future. Like if you don't change, if you continue to see things the way that they are, if you continue to act in these ways and hold that victim mentality, where are you going to be in 10, 15, 20 years? How are you going to feel? Yep. And you're like, fuck no. I don't want to feel like that. I'm going to make a change today. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for anybody, the Dickens process, you can just, I think you can just Google Tony Robbins Dickens process and get a, a YouTube video on the whole thing. It's fantastic for helping you understand how your decisions have led you to this point, how they've impacted you in the past, how they're going to likely impact you in the future if you don't change. <clears throat> so I my two cents. Um, <laughs> rad- radical accountability. Um, change your mindset based on, on you taking complete control of your life and accountability for everything. That's one thing. The second thing is understand just it's all a mentality change in my in my opinion so the second thing is um understand that you don't deserve anything the second you understand that you don't deserve anything you start to work really hard for things that's that's the second thing and the third thing is no matter how harshly criticism comes at you learn from it because a lot of people don't learn from it because they don't like the way it's given to them mm-hmm. and because of that they they don't take the lesson from it and you can get criticism and you can change completely mm-hmm. and become a better person. But if you're o- always like defensive and you're like, ah, but I can't, or I don't do but, it. No way. but I'm not this, or I'm not that. Or you're trying to argue the point that someone's trying to make to help you. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you, if you're, if you're consistently like that, people will stop trying to help you. They'll mm-hmm. stop being honest with you. They'll be like, ah, it's just not worth the energy. It's just not going to listen or he's not going to listen anyways. So, Learn, learn to take in criticism and adjust based on that criticism. I had this problem with my wife. She was, she was giving me harsh crit, uh, criticism at one point. And she does still to this day. If, if, if she has something to criticize, she criticizes it. And before I used to be take offended. Personally. Yeah, take it personally, be offended. And I'm somewhat of a sensitive person. I, I, I would say I'm a sensitive person. So like, I would take it offensively. And I would not learn anything from it. And then eventually I would learn the lesson and be like, hey, you're kind of right. And I could have I could have shortened the length of time to, to learning for myself mm-hmm. if I just listened at that moment. And mm-hmm. so if you can take that criticism and you can welcome it, even though it, it, it doesn't feel very good, 
you're going to improve tremendously, ex- exponentially. If you had received that criticism from someone else, say Sabs, <laughs> would you have received it differently? Besides, because sometimes when it comes down to relationships with wives and husbands, like, y'all don't listen. There's some... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something to be said. There's something to be said about that, yeah. But it really comes down to the individual person making the decision of, I need to listen and and try to learn, and they have to come to that decision on their own. Yeah. I mean, there's no, and then you you can put all the success in front of them as you as you can and Mm -hmm. try to teach them as much as you possibly can, but they have to make the decision on their own. It's if you if you have somebody that just won't accept criticism ever, then likely that person if they're not willing to change they're just going to stay that way and they're going to stay the same for the next you know how, however many years mm-hmm. like like i said you know you meet somebody 10 years ago they're the same person today it's likely that people tried to tell them hey this is not the direction you should be going in and they just didn't listen because they didn't like how it was give, being given to them and yeah and to molly's point this is this is a situation i think in our society right now is we very often judge the person speaking, not the merit of what they're saying. And so if we don't like the person that's speaking, mm-hmm. we stop listening to what they're saying, which it couldn't be more ridiculous. Right. <clears throat> and that's called ad hominem for those who, uh, I don't know if we teach uh, critical thinking and or fallacies of reasoning ad in school hominem. anymore. Attacking the person. Yeah. Attack, yeah. But back in the day when that was a taught class, that was a, in debate, you would get called out for that because you're attacking the person, not the actual Ad hominem issue. attacks, mm. yeah. Um, nowadays, that's, you know, oh, free for it. That's a sign that you're winning in a debate, though, right? <laughs> if somebody starts resorting to calling names Correct. or whatever the case may be. I'm yeah. more interested when, when the person <clears throat> speaking is being attacked on their character and on the merit of what they're saying, I'm now more interested in what the person is saying because I'm like, why are you afraid of this person that you'd rather attack them mm-hmm. than the, the merit of the content in which they're speaking? But that's a, that's a tough thing. If, if somebody is unwilling to learn, it's going to be very hard to reach them. If they're willing to learn, they can learn from a freaking billboard. right? When you're open, when you have the humility to, to listen mm-hmm. and to be aware, you can get taught from a bumper sticker. Um, and on the flip side of that, if you're just totally shut down and you don't want to hear anything, it doesn't matter who's speaking to you. They're not going <coughs> to get to you. Well, and I think there's another point whenever you're talking about close intimate relationships too because mm. and I can't remember um, how this was expressed and whatever I had seen it in before but it's like an iceberg right like there's this relationship that you see on top but then there's all of these things underneath mm-hmm. and years of experience and trauma and triggers and other things and if you're identifying yourself as like needing this person or um, you're kind of intertwined in that way that you're dependent on that to go a certain way and you have expectations, then it's a lot harder to take criticism yeah. without having that like Ugh, mm-hmm. response back. Whereas yeah. just some plain Joe off the street says it, right. and you're like, oh, okay, like thanks for your <laughs> feedback. You know, so it's yeah. important to be able to be aware of that too and understand like, hey, I'm, I'm maybe feeling this way or experiencing this because of the history that's there and how strongly I feel and care about this person. But that's an attribute to like what you've gone through and it shouldn't hold you back from being able to dissect yourself and what it is that they're saying to actually apply that. Cause I mean, for me, <clears throat> I would way rather you tell me something that's harsh and true. That's going to help me 
grow and learn and develop myself, then you tell me what I want to hear. I think it's also part of the deliberation of how they're saying it. Like if, especially when it comes down to significant others, someone might be, let's say stressed out about work, but then they come home and they're like, God damn it. Why can't you never put the dishes away from the dishwasher? You are so incompetent, blah, blah, blah. Or you can, hey, honey, um, do you mind emptying the dishwasher? It's really like, but then also when it comes to criticism, how do you deliver that? Is it that you're like, you can never get this right, blah, blah, blah. And then also, do you trust the person that's telling you these things? If you can't trust the person and then you have to wonder, okay, why are they hearing this from someone else and they're actually doing it as opposed to me telling them and they're not doing it? What is it about the way that I make them feel? What is it about the way that I say it that's causing them not to do it? I mean, ultimately, I feel like it will become, yeah. it'll be their decision, the person, right? <clears throat> so I, I hear exactly, I hear exactly what you're saying in just relationships in general. Mm-hmm. And it has to come down to the person. Like no one will change unless they would really want to change. Like you can... I was discussing this specifically um, with Sandra about like, yeah, you know, I'll discuss things and I'll I'll do my own routine and it's not going to be about me, but it's going to be ultimately your choice, whether you want to get up in the morning and work out or do your thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that with criticism, um, I'm going to relay this to dancing, right? Like I... Gold medal um, dancer right here. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's like, I enjoy the notes given to me because I want to learn from myself. Mm -hmm. Someone else's perspective when looking on the outside in is going to help you tremendously if you are willing to take it. So I had one of my coaches who I sent her like my video of my practice or whatever. And she was like, do you want my long list of notes? I was like, fuck yeah, give it to me. It's like this whole paragraph of like, you need to point your toes, you need to hold this, and you need to look look at the audience. And it's like all of these little things that I thought it was good, right? And like now looking back at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that way better. Like how can I do that way better? By strengthening my calves. So shit like that. Are there people that you know that get offended by those types of things? Like Um, personally, I mean... When it, what, when it comes to dancing? Or yeah, and like dance. Yeah. Repeating. What, like what they, did you say? They wouldn't last in competition if they oh, couldn't no. take that criticism. Yeah, I definitely believe that. Not personally. I think that everyone at this point in their life, mm-hmm. especially in the comp season, they have to learn really quickly to take criticism. Mm-hmm. You have to learn that for sure. Um, and I, I mean, I had to learn that. Like, I had to learn that not only in dancing, but in work. Like, I remembered when like I'm having a bad day, especially with recruiting. And then it's like, why the fuck am I not getting the people in? Um, and I remembered like even Sandra kind of giving me that feedback or like, oh, well, how's your energy? Or like, how are you speaking on the phone? And then I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, but am I good? Am I really there? Mm. Like you then have to self-study. You have to study yourself um, in that situation. And like, how can I get better? How can I fix it? And you have to be willing to do the work. And the work is not easy. No one ever said it was going to be easy. But then you're really, you really, really, really have to look into yourself and like fine tune these little pieces in order to get better. It's not going to be an extravagant change whatsoever. But your daily 
incremental actions. I love Atomic Habits, by the way. Mm-hmm. Every 1% that you do each day will get you to your result. Yes. Um, and, 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 and to that point, um, when you look at success culture, success behaviors, I rarely see a successful person that isn't willing to take criticism. I see lots of unsuccessful people who are not willing to take criticism, but successful people generally take criticism. The one caveat to that is they're usually somewhat discerning about who they take criticism from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like not everyone is created equal, uh, which is smart, right? I say this all the time, but if I want to make a million dollars a year, I'm not going to go ask somebody who's making $50,000 a year their opinion on how to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if I want to have a healthy relationship, I'm not asking for relationship advice from somebody who's been divorced four times unless it's what not to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But generally, successful people take criticism. Is it the saying that if you want to figure out how to be, make a million dollars, ask a billionaire, not a millionaire? Yeah, that's even yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Because yeah. the billionaire has done it and systematized yeah. it yeah, so 100%. much. Yeah. yeah, that's well said. Yeah, be the example. Because, I mean, if I were the one telling you how to pole dance, mm-hmm. as opposed to... <laughs> or me. Se- or, or Sebastian, <laughs> telling you to point your... You, you need to point your toes and you need to stare at the audience. You would take it differently, like, although you'd be like, mm, okay. But she's smart enough to know that if what I was saying was true, she'd be like, despite it being you, you're right. <laughs> right. Actually, but, even know what to say. You would just look at me like, oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 But I think wow, for the viewers, amazing. like, be, be the example to the person you're trying to criticize because then they can be like, okay, they've done it. Don't criticize your husband or your boyfriend, your girlfriend to go to the gym if you're a fat ass and sits on the couch. Please don't. Don't yell at your husband to empty the dishwasher if you also do not empty the dishwasher. Uh oh. Mm -hmm. Now you're hitting a cord. I'm just, I'm trying to like bring it down to like (laughs) very practical level. Practical level. Like don't yell at people, don't criticize people for things that you are not also doing in your own life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Delivery is important. That's true. We got to land this thing, but I'll say that's passing the asshole test. Right, and that's simply meaning the the issues that we see in others are what's in us. We mm-hmm. can only describe in others what we see in ourselves. So, um, if you walk into a room and how this goes down, you and your friend are hanging out with somebody, you meet somebody new, and you think they're an asshole, and your friend thinks they're amazing. Guess who the asshole is? It's you, you. right? You you don't see the world the way it is. You see the world the way you are. What mm-hmm. you're describing in the outer world is what's going on with you, and that goes back full circle to comments. Right when we see people, and we're trying to, we're, we're committing to trying to comment back to as many people as possible, but it's funny to see comments where things that weren't said are being inferred or being added in. Well, that isn't a reflection of the speaker or the person that they're originally commenting mm-hmm. on. That is a reflection of what's inside of that person, mm-hmm. right? That's that's they're building their own internal dialogue. So uh, that's important to understand. One thing that it made me think of too, when Frank's talking about radical um, accountability and not diving too deep because we don't have the time, and I'm not wanting to get into religion or spirituality or anything like that too. But if you take the mindset of, "Hey, I chose this life. I came into this life as this person and in this place and in this situation to learn a certain thing," that's going to be so much more powerful than blaming everything else around mm-hmm. you at very least that's an empowering belief system mm-hmm. yeah all right thank all right, you so much for joining it. us make Thanks sure to subscribe coming. like comment Thanks for coming and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the next podcast bye guys come again soon <laughs>